Um, I mean, I feel like now is a good time to bring up the fact that we talked about riding without stirrup, That's and true. we both had to ride we without stirrup this without week. Stirrups. And let so, me tell you, it has been a hot minute since I rode without stirrups. Same. On yeah. purpose, at least. <laughs> yes. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah, how weird is that? The same day. I know, the same day. You texted me in the morning. I was like, hot, that sucks for her. I and know. Then like, <laughs> no. I know. Yeah, that was unexpected so i guess we're not completely immune no from that i thought we were apparently not but oh well no stirrup november (laughs) i guess um all right well a lot of episodes this is episode three yes of the working ami pod um still working on fun episode (laughs) 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 we'll get there so let's jump right in. All right, let's do it. Okay. This one is the subject line is for Nora to read and Maria to guess. Oh no. These are the ones where every time they're like, I want Maria to do it. I I, just... I love it when they <laughs> request so you by wrong. name. <laughs> I just get it so wrong. Okay. Um So they say, hey, ladies, I've been really enjoying watching your ISO series. I know you have a lot of submissions to get through, but I thought I would send you a guess the one year lease price on my horse. Oh, okay. 16.1 hand, five-year-old Belgian sport horse gelding, stands in cross ties for farrier, vet, bathing, grooming, clipping, etc. No barn vices at all. He is the sweetest guy and he loves treats. Wonderful personality and a barn favorite. Even though he is only five, he has already done the Children's Hunters and National Derbies and placed well at the top-rated shows. Not complicated to ride and takes a joke. He has never refused to jump, bucked, bolted, or anything of that nature. Beautiful jump and easy changes. I could see him being a hunter or an eck horse and doing well in both. He could do a derby with a trainer one day and then the next day take a kid around to two foot no problem. He is one of the best young horses I have ever sat on and definitely does not act like a five-year-old. So one-year lease price. One-year lease price. Okay. It's kind of throwing me off that he's five. That young age. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine, even though it's great that he's had that show experience in the Hunters and in the Derbies, which we know Mm -hmm. the lease prices are significant. Yeah. The fact that he's five, I think, might throw some people off. So I can't expect that it would be a super high lease price. So I think I usually go by what I would purchase the horse for, and then I backtrack mm-hmm. to like 33, 33% or one-third of the yeah the um, horse sales price. So I think like 25000 Um, Oh... A little bit more, but not like a little bit. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> it's more. It's more than that. Thirty more. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-five. Yeah. Oh wow! For a five-year-old, mm-hmm. mm. that would mean that would mean that the price, the sales price, would be like eighty to ninety. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he does have a ton of experience, but yeah, he is five. It sounds like he has a, a great brain. 
which I think is very valuable when looking at Mm -hmm. young horses. Um, I'd be interested to know, like, I personally would be nervous about leasing out my five-year-old. Yeah, I would Because you never know what kind of situation they're going into. Like, even if you can, like, go to the barn and see what it's like and all, you still don't. Yeah, and they're very really um, know. their brains and their personality are very malleable. Yeah, when they're, when they're younger. young. If she's leasing him for thirty five thousand, is is she leasing him or she's leasing him out? Um, she's leasing him out. I think she's leasing him out. She, I would assume, based on that price for the lease, that it's a very reputable hunter barn that yeah. he is going to yeah because i don't think you would be able to ask that price for a five-year-old if it was just like if it wasn't a reputable show barn (laughs) well they're definitely looking for a certain type of person to lease this horse like obviously i mean 35 is not like crazy to me like originally i was thinking 25 to 30 and then i went for 25 because of the way that i priced the horses which i put around like 65 yeah 70 but it's not so it's not outrageous it's just it's not cheap yeah for a five-year-old you know yeah, if, it for was a five-year-old. Like, if it was like eight yeah then it i could see that price that 35 being like totally reasonable yeah. completely and it's not that it's unreasonable it's just right. that because it's five it would have to be like an insanely good horse which it yeah. does seem it like it sounds it is, like it is but, but yeah. yeah i'd be i'd be interested to know how much show experience it has at five yeah i would love to look at its usef record yeah and and just see just out of curiosity but yeah yeah because that does make a difference if it has like a good usef record at five then yes i can see it going yeah if it if it only has like two or three shows under its belt at five then yeah yeah it does say place well at the top rated shows has done children hunters and national derbies um that's crazy that only five yeah Yeah, sounds like this person is a great horse. Yeah. Cool. Okay, this is going to be fun. Okay. The two-parter. Ooh. Hey, girls. I love your TikToks and wanted to submit my own ISO versus what I ended up with. Ooh, love these. ISO. Horse for a preliminary level young rider. Needs to be between 7 to 12 years old, but not particular about the breed. The horse needs to be solidly competing at the modified level with the ability to move up to prelim within a show season. Long-term needs to have scope and ability for intermediate. Doesn't have to be, doesn't need to be exceptional in just one phase. Would rather have something that is good at all three. Hot and spooky is fine and expected as well as routine maintenance. What do you think the budget was for this? So I feel like the budget's low because she said she doesn't have a breed preference and hot and spooky is fine. Yeah, so that's reasonable for a horse. Like, we say this all the time. Most horses are capable of jumping three foot with, I don't want to say relative ease, but, you know, it's not like a huge ask for most horses. Um, because, again, of the fact that she doesn't care about breed and she's okay with something hot and spooky, I'm going to say her budget is 25 
I don't want to say anything, but it is not 25. Is it lower or is it higher? No, it's like way, way higher. Oh, really? Like shocking high. Is it like 75? Like higher. Well, higher? Well, yes. Well, the budget is like, is high five is what she said. Oh. So for me, high five is like 80,000, 80,000 plus. 80,000 to 99,000. Wow. I, I obviously didn't expect that because I wouldn't have said that either. We say this all the time. <laughs> if you have that budget, you can pick whatever breed you want. Yes. You don't need something spooky. Something hot is fine because I feel like people like that for cross country. And yeah. like, but like, you don't need to be like, spooky is fine. You don't have to put that in. Yeah. Even I agree. if it is, even if it is fine. You don't have to put that in because then people are going to try to dump their hot, spooky, like not well-bred horses horses. on you. Do not, if your budget is high fives, do not put that in. (laughs) You'd be picky with that budget. You're going to end up with something that you don't, actually no, it's not that you'll end up with something that you don't want, but you will get a lot of interest from people with lots of horses that you don't want. Yes. That exactly like make it easy on yourself and just put in exactly what you want if you have a good budget yeah and then if you don't find anything then maybe let's reevaluate our expectations yeah and our ask but if you have a high five budget and this is what you put I you can be I would have done the exact same thing I probably would have said it was 25 and under based on how this was written yeah okay so what she got okay a 10 year old 15.3 Irish sport horse gelding currently competing at the intermediate level. Nice. He always t- uh, top few after dressage with zero cross-country jump penalties throughout his career and a fabulous show jumper. We've talked about before, like dressage is a really big um, yeah. aspect in it. Uh, puppy dog personality who loves quality time and his stuffed animals. Cute. His owner was a close friend of my trainer, which is reflected in his under market value purchase price. Ooh. We love the connection discount. We do. The the friends discount. and family Friends discount. and family discount, yeah. Um, okay, so she said he was under market. I'm going to assume that he would have gone for around her budget. That's what I'm going to guess. But with the friends and family discount, I'm going to say she got him for like 65 No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's higher. Is it like significantly higher? Did she go over budget? Or <laughs> yes. Is he a hundred k? Yes, he was. Okay, hundred k. I this ad is a little bit confusing to me. Actually, it's pretty it's pretty off putting. Yeah, honestly, based on his under market value purchase price. I mean, we know that the eventers go for lower Less, yeah. than what the hunters and equitation go for yeah i feel like both of these were very misleading yes <laughs> I don't... this is why i read it <laughs> yes <Yeah>. but <clears throat> 100k i mean yeah it sounds i feel like that <clears throat> i feel like that's not like i'm not balking at that price. right i'm not like oh my god um and it's I mean, she went a little bit over budget, but we don't know what her high fives budget yeah, number I mean, was. Like, was it 90? Yeah. Okay. I mean, high fives is nine 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 nine. Right. So technically she went over $1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause we don't know the exact number. Yes. So yeah. Um, 
I'm interested to know, though, from a Venters, whether an intermediate horse is going for that price. Right. Right? Because yeah, we usually see the intermediate, we said, what, was like three foot? Three, five? Uh, three, nine, which is like 110. Three, nine. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I could see it because people are buying adult jumpers for that much easily, which is... Yeah, and I mean, if he's doing well, like he has, he's 10 years old, so he must have a lot of significant experience at the intermediate level, which is Mm -hmm. essentially what he wants to get to. Yep. He always is top few after dressage, which is great, because that puts her in a great position for the cross country and then the show jumping. Yep. And it seems like he has a really good personality. So yeah, I would, I would say, I think it's interesting that she said under market value purchase price. So I wonder what's at market purchase price, like 125? Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Hi, gals. Absolutely love your TikTok and binge your videos constantly. Oh. Wanted to send a price estimator for my two current horses. Okay. I moved away for college in 2021 and planned on continuing showing them during the summer, but I now have a full-time job that takes up my summer. I feel that. Although I could keep them because my parents are very supportive. I feel that's not fair to them for me to be gone so much, and they deserve another person to love on them. Just curious what you think we could price them for. I was in the same situation when I graduated college. I got yeah, a full-time job. I sold my horse. Um, okay, so there's two horses. Okay. Um, first horse is a 2010 Holsteiner Gelding, 16.2 hands. Bought him as a six-year-old out of Canada where he had competed up to a meter 15. He was my first jumper, so I have spent the past seven years moving from the point 90s to the meter 30s on him. Mm-hmm. Very sweet in-your-pocket personality outside the ring. Fast across the ground and can turn on a dime in the ring. Can take a joke, but I wouldn't call him a packer or a horse for anyone because he does have a tendency to spook. And we were not disclosed of this when we bought him. This makes him extremely careful over the fences and a winner every time in the low slash medium juniors. If there are no jumps that he doesn't like. Um, Example, loud fillers, open water, occasional liver pools. Um, Therefore, he... He would need a rider who's confident and patient with him. However, the right warm-up prep, usually throwing a bed sheet on a jump to serve as a filler, he usually has the confidence to go around clear. We have won lots, including a Grand Circuit Championship at Hits Thermal in the Low Juniors. Yep. How old is he? Uh, 13. He's 13. Okay, so he is getting up there. Like, not no, that up no, there. No, 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 Squid's not up, up there. there, but, well. <laughs> Squid's 13. Eight to... Eight to twelve is what we usually say is like prime prime yeah. age. So he's kind of a little bit past that, but still like totally yeah, like rideable. You know yeah oh yeah, not concerning at all. The thing that concerns me in this is the fact that he's spooky, and that's great that he went from point nineties to one thirties. I think that's very rare to find in a horse, but that limits your options, which I think she was aware. And your target market, because a lot of people who are going from the point 90s to 130s kind of expect a packer if it's going to be significantly priced. I think it depends on how she would market him. Like, is she marketing him as a low junior, low to medium junior horse? Or is she marketing him as like, this horse can take you from the point 90s to the meter 30s? Yeah, and I don't think based on what she wrote, she should be marketing him as maybe a point 90 to 130. Because what you don't want is for one of those ISO ads that yeah. the kid's doing point 80, point 90. But I want a meter 30 horse. Yeah. Um, that's what you don't want this yep. horse to get into a situation with. So 
I'm kind of going back and forth between high fives and low sixes just because of that spooky aspect. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking if I'm in the low AOs or the medium AOs and I'm either moving up from something or I'm competing, that's a, and it's an adult Amy day, yeah. that's a lot of stress, unneeded stress for me to wonder if my horse is going yeah. to go over the jump. Yep. Or not, or spook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the the transition period when they get when this horse finds a new owner, it I think it's gonna take maybe a little bit. Yeah. To kind of learn to trust each other is my gut feeling. I think based solely based on that. Yes. The spooky aspect. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of what's throwing me off right now. I yeah. think I think she could ask like eighty to ninety. That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah, I, I don't say think 80, you should go to the sixes because there's other horses out there in the sixes that are not spooky. spooky. I agree. At that level. Yeah, because, like, spooky, like, being a little bit spooky is one thing. Like, Squid is a little bit spooky with noises. Yeah. But when he gets in the ring, he's, like, laser-focused. He doesn't peek at the jumps. And if he does, he just jumps it higher. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a horse that was spooky to the jumps and over water specifically and it was so anxiety inducing when I went to horse shows and like you said as an adult and you don't want to have to worry if I'm putting that that much money into competing I don't I want to go into the ring confident that I've prepped well my horse is prepped and we're going to do the best we can not is he going to spook today? Like, yeah. horses do spook, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. in the ring. But having yeah. a horse that is knowingly spooky, yep. you have to it, – it takes a very particular and strong mental and yeah. physical rider in order to be able to work through that. And there are definitely people who are willing yeah, to do that. exactly. But those people might not be willing to take that horse for the six figures. Right. But yeah. they'll be able to work through it if it's yep. maybe under market price. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. All right. Cool. Um, second horse. 2007 Belgian warm blood gelding. So this one's 16. Okay. Um, 16.2 <laughs> hands. He has an extensive early show record in Europe where he competed in many two star Grand Prix. Not totally a lover when it comes to in the barn, but will save your butt every time in the ring. He's a horse I would throw anybody on. I've competed up to meter 35 with him and have won numerous division championships with him in the low medium juniors on the AA circuit in California. Very quick, turns well, but we'll have an occasional rail at meter 30 plus. That doesn't face me that much. No. However, being older, he will need maintenance. We do routine injections as well as ice his legs after jumping. The last few times I've been in town to ride, he has been off, so I'm not extremely confident he would pass a PPE. It doesn't seem like an issue all the time. He just has days where he's off and days where he's not. For this reason, I think he'd make a great step-down horse for somebody looking to build their confidence in the lower division jumpers. He's never had a lead change, so couldn't do hunters or X. If the major thing in this is the health concern. Yeah. Not just the maintenance, is the fact that he's on and off. Mm-hmm. I think... I think if you're going to sell him, I would probably put a little bit of... I think I would put a little bit of money to figure out exactly what's wrong. So I, I would probably look into that issue a little bit more because what yeah, you don't want to happen 
is you market this horse. And first off, I wouldn't even be marketing. Like, that's great that he's done all of that. But at 16, if he's having soundness issues, yeah. he's obviously not going to be doing the meter 30s and yeah. stuff. So I would market him as a step-down horse. But if he's having soundness issues, I don't really think that you can even market him as a step-down. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I agree with that. I do think mentioning that he's done the meter 30 is kind of relevant not to say yeah not to say like he can do the you can do the meter 30 on him but to say like he's been there done that he's seen it all like he's a great like babysitter whatever um but yeah agree that i I think think the soundness is an issue and i think that has to get taken care of like you have to have some idea of what it is yeah like i don't think you should market the horse and just say he's on some days and off some days right because that for me is as a buyer I'm like what What yeah like what's what's wrong right so I think you're gonna scare people off like I think it's worth in this case Mm -hmm. it's worth the money to figure out even just generally like could be this it could be that like get some idea of what it could be so then when people ask you well what's going on yeah don't just say I don't know yeah like you have some kind of backing like that you actually put in the effort to figure out what's wrong with the horse or you figured out what's wrong with the horse and that way, then you can appropriately price him because it's kind of hard to place him right now because I don't know if the soundness issue is yeah. going to get worse, if it's not, if it's manageable. And if you figure out what's causing the soundness issue, you can figure out how to manage it. Exactly. and then Which maybe is important can, because then yeah. maybe he won't have days where he's on and days where he's off. Yeah, like, and maybe you can ask a higher price for him because then he would be a perfect step, step down yeah. for like a meter or something like that. Yeah, like maybe he but, needs injections. Maybe he needs... Osphos, maybe yeah. he needs Adequan, like something. But I don't think you can market him as he's off some days and on some days because yeah. as a buyer, even as a trainer, even if the budget was below twenty five thousand for this type of horse, mm-hmm. which it would have to be because if you're saying he's on off day, he's on some days, off some days. As a buyer, I have to take that financial responsibility now to do all of this PPE right. work. So you have to lower that price significantly in order to attract me to even want to do the PPE and figure out what's wrong with this horse. That's on me. That's my responsibility. Yeah. If you want a higher price for him, then you need, that's on the owner's responsibility yep. to figure out generally what it could be. Yeah. And then let me know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and then, cause saying on and off, I think that's a huge red flag. I, no one wants an inconsistent horse. I don't even think it should be like a general, like, it could be this or this or this. I think it should be like, we did all the testing and here's what came up and here's how you manage yeah, it. Yeah, like, I think, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Yes. Um, I think the more transparent you can be in this case, the the better home he's going to find. Yeah. Because there are people looking for a horse like this. Like, there are wi- people that are willing to do a little bit more maintenance for an older packer, yes. basically. Yes, exactly. And they're willing to take on that, especially if he's been there, done that, and barn stuff like he's yep. not like friendly or he's not lovable i not a not a, totally a lover not totally a lover i don't care doesn't as long, mean as, as, long yeah. as he can be in the ring and be totally solid and right. true and steady it doesn't yeah. me. and not totally a lover to me doesn't mean that he's like mean it's yeah just, it's just like he's, he's like, not cuddly yeah yeah so i think it's worth putting the extra money in to mm-hmm. get the to get the vet out to get some kind of testing on the horse to figure out a why he's lame some days and yeah why yeah, he's like a not. soundness evaluation yeah because it could be x-rays. something as simple as we discussed 
about the you said about the train or about the work like he needs yeah. to be consistent work he can't yeah. be in a stall for three days and then ridden yep it could be something as simple as that but having like just knowing i think will make your the owner feel better and will make buyers feel better yep i don't think you should market this horse as he's on some days and off some days yeah yeah especially because this person said the last few times i have been in town so they're not riding the horse that yeah. much I guess we don't really know what kind of program the horse is currently in, in terms of riding. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a kind of a weird thing to just be like, oh yeah, sometimes he's on and sometimes he's off. And like, that's just how it like, I feel like there's kind of weird. Like, yeah, I don't think horses go on and off. Yeah. I don't think horses go on and off just because they feel, I mean, granted, I will say there was a situation not personally, I read about this, where the <laughs> horse was so smart, like to get out of work, he would fake lameness. Yeah, I've seen like he would just fake lameness. And like that is a mental thing that yeah. you cannot be, but it's it that's consistent. You know, like every right. time you ask the horse to work, he's lame because of this reason. You've done right. the research. It's just like the horse doesn't yeah. want to work. And yeah. he's really smart. Too smart for his own good. In this case scenario, if it's inconsistent mm-hmm. lameness or soundness, then there's something going on. Yeah that you should further evaluate before you market. So if you were going to market him in this condition. The condition? Um, um, what would you put him at? I would not market him in this condition. If you were going to market him in this condition, what would you put him at? Hmm. Ten. You think so? Honestly, I would have to put it low because I do not. It would have to be low enough for me to be like, Okay, I'm going to put two grand into a PPE to try to figure out what is going on with this horse. My concern with placing it too low is that he's not going to end up in a place that would take great care of him I mean, anyway. if, you, if you market an unsound horse, he's not probably not going to end up in a good place either. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I the soundness issue is really <laughs> concerning to me. Yeah. It is. I agree. Why would you buy an unsound horse? horse that you know is unsound but it's not unsound yeah. consistently it's sometimes on sometimes off like I don't want to yeah. get to the barn and the horse be lame and it's like oh well today's not the day or he's fine all day and then you get to the horse show and, and then, then he's, he's yeah it's yeah. there yeah that's no. or final week that's yeah. the final day I think I think in this case scenario we need to figure out what the soundness issue is yeah we need to address that and then and then market him yeah if it's I something agree. small right. that can be manageable for that type of horse, like say say she figured out what the soundness issue was, mm-hmm. and it was manageable. Yeah, it's sixteen. I think you could ask for a step down, and it's and it's manageable mm-hmm. 30, 35, yeah, I, I think, agree, and that's a huge difference. Yeah, of it's worth putting in the five grand or whatever it's going to take to get the to get the result. Yeah, and then at least I, you can say emotionally and mentally I've tried my best to figure yep. out and it's just not working yeah. and then you can explain that to people right like I've tried this I've tried that and it just I can't figure out what it is and then people yep. I think will be more willing to take that on because like okay she's tried this but I think I could do this yeah yeah and then if the soundness issue is something that's like <coughs> consistent and you can't figure it out you could always donate him yeah, to donate. like a therapeutic riding program or something because that's very low impact yeah they don't like not very strenuous yeah 
if he can be serviceably sound, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, yeah. I think I think thirty. Figure that out. Maybe maybe twenty five to thirty, just because he is sixteen. But if he's like a solid like packer, yeah, for the lower levels, then yeah, thirty. Yeah, thirty five. You're not sixteen. Yeah, he could go I would agree with that. Years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Guto's almost twenty, and, and he's still going. Yeah, going strong. Or not almost twenty. He is twenty. It's gonna be twenty one. Wow. In May. He is going strong. I know. Okay. Hi, I love your series on TikTok, and I thought I'd submit my ISO to make sure I'm not looking for something impossible. Ooh, all right, let's see. ISO, looking for a nice national Grand Prix horse that could step a step a high junior slash AO rider into the prees. Okay. Preferably under 13, with a bit of experience under the lights and in the prees. Would love if the horse was careful with a bit extra scope so I can make mistakes. Brave, quick, and not totally terrible to ride. I'm not a terrible junior by any means, but I do make mistakes. I love that she said that. <laughs> I'd love something honest that would help me out if I accidentally put us into a bad situation. Slightly green is fine, but it needs to be at least be jumping in the national prees and consistently trying to jump clear. What do we think the budget is for this? This is a fun one. So we've seen ISOs and horses in this range, and it's been a big range <laughs> it's been from like 250 to like 500k like we read an iso a while ago for a horse that was doing the u25s and it was for sale for five hundred thousand mm dollars -hmm. um so tough because like horses at this level really do like range enormously in price mm -hmm. um i'm gonna say her budget is like 300k <laughs> Is that it? 300K, which is slightly flexible, up to 375. Oh, okay. That's pretty flexible, I yeah. would say. Um, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> All of the ISOs that we've done of like Grand Prix horses came flooding back to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think she could find something in, <clears throat> in this budget. Yeah, I do too. It, yeah, I think she can find something. In I'd this be budget. interested to know. If she, because this is from, this is from end of July. So I'm interested <laughs> okay. to know, I'm so sorry that we're just reading this now. <laughs> I'd be interested to know if she got a horse and what she bought the horse for. Yeah. Honestly, I'm thinking she might have, with that budget, I think you could get a really solid one overseas. Like if she didn't import, yes. right? Yeah. Like I think an Oh import, my God, absolutely. Now the only thing with an import would be they wouldn't have experience in the venues over here. Yeah. For under 13. So I don't know which one. I think she could probably get a better quality horse over there. For the budget. But yeah. I think she would get a better experienced horse over here. Yeah. With the menu. So that is going to be a toss up. I'm very interested to see what she ends up with. So if you're watching this, please send us your um, horse hunters. Where are they now? <laughs> yeah. I definitely think that she can find something in this budget. I mean, like I said, horses in this, at this level, can range so much yeah. in price so yes. there there's a horse at this price out there for her oh completely yeah and the fact that it's slightly green and fine it, she just seems to want something that's solid yeah you know and at this level too you want something that's going to be careful mm -hmm. because if you're honestly if you're paying this much money to yeah. compete oh at that level yeah you want a you horse want that is not just going to get you around you want a horse that's going to be competitive yeah so yeah i think this is a great budget for yeah this horse, I think it's incredibly reasonable. I'm really 
curious to know what she ended up with. I know. <laughs> right? Yeah, me too. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Oh, okay. So here's a good one. <laughs> oh my God. This is going to be a good one. Okay. Just the, the subject line is funny. Oh, okay. I love funny subject lines. If you want your ISO to get noticed more, write a good subject put a, line. Put a good subject line in there. So this one says, sales ad, flashy gelding, some color for Maria. Oh, bless. <laughs> yes, I love this ad already. Okay. Um, they said, hi there. I thought it might be fun since I know how much Maria loves color. I have an, <laughs> I have an 18 hand, maybe taller. I'm too afraid to measure. Six-year-old Irish sport horse. I'm, current, I'm curious how you would price. He may be for sale in the nearish future. And yes, I will have a trainer helping me list him. I would be gushing too much if I attempted to sell him myself. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Flashy is an understatement with this guy. He is huge, but sensitive, <laughs> and responsive. Wants to please, but does still have a baby brain and gets distracted. Not much faces him. No buck or rear. He can be a bit lucky in a curious way, not spooky. Settles in quickly at new places and doesn't get stressed. Puppy dog personality. He loves attention. In your pocket, like literally, if he could crawl in your pocket, oh. he would. He has good ground manners. He is a little fidgety in the cross eyes. Easy keeper, sound and healthy. Currently doing great barefoot. He has nice strong hooves. Well, he got a bit of a late start because he just wouldn't stop growing. <laughs> LOL. He has done a handful of local schooling hunter jumper shows and has schooled some cross country. We will do some rated shows before we consider selling. We have been doing two foot nine at shows for now until he mentally matures a bit more. How old is he? Uh, he has to be young based six. on okay, based on what she's saying. Because um, those are all young horse behaviors. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure he's gonna grow out of those, so those don't really phase me at all. Yeah, he's been six. there, done that, still going through it, but that's fine. <laughs> um, he's very athletic for a big guy. He can turn on a dime and does much better in the jumpers than I ever thought a horse his size could. He does have scope, but due to his size, he would probably be a good prospect for the 3-3 three, three to 3-6. Three, not saying he couldn't do more. I'm just not sure I would push it. I could see him having a happy career eventing also. He has a good balance, uh, balance of forward without being hot. He's just the sweetest giant to ever walk the earth, and he will make a tall person very happy someday. However, <laughs> I should add, he's not super wide, so he is still comfortable for a shorter ride, a.k.a. me. As long as you can figure out how to get on and aren't afraid of heights. I think the markings are beautiful because I know we've discussed before that, and even though I do love my colored horses, there are some not so pretty <laughs> colored horses. That sounds terrible. I'm no, sorry. No, it's true. It's but true. But it's true. There's some not so pretty colored horses. So yeah. this one's a very pretty colored horse. Like you yeah. look at him and He has a wow. really kind eye. <laughs> Doesn't he? We can sell this horse for you. I know. <laughs> it's a kind <laughs> Um, I love the strong feet. That's great. I always look for the hooves. Uh, again, baby behaviors don't really phase me. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. He was started late. I wonder how late he was started. Was it like a five late start? Was it a six late start? Yeah, I'd like to know that. I'm assuming he wasn't started. He's six now, so I'm assuming yeah. he wasn't started at six because this person's been doing the two foot nine with him, and I feel like if he was started very recently, yeah, they wouldn't be doing that. Now, the tough thing with horses like this that are massive are that they typically grow 
take longer to grow. Yeah. So you're probably looking at like eight with this one to like fully mature, have yeah. the, the <laughs> bones close and everything. So like you... how she said she's afraid to measure how tall she is now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 18 hands is, is pretty that's, Yeah, that's a big boy. So it's going to take like a, a tall, not even a tall rider, but someone who wants a big horse. Yeah. Is going to be who picks this this beautiful boy up. What he would be worth. I like the fact that she said he, she's going to put him in rated shows. Because I think having some rated show record would be helpful. I think it's tough at this, at his height. Because you, I would probably want to slowly develop him and develop mm-hmm. him correctly. Yeah. As so he doesn't get injured or, you know, because he's still growing. Yeah. There's still stuff going on there confirmationally. He's, I think he's done growing. If he's like 18 hands, say, I don't think he's going to grow that much more. Yeah. Because they're pretty much like by six, seven. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> but that's not an issue for me. I think. I like the fact that he's well-rounded. He can do eventing. Show jumping, she said. Yeah, she he's said he has done much better in jumpers than I ever thought a horse his size could. <laughs> Honestly, I could see him. I could see him if he, depending on how he moves mm-hmm. in like the hunters. I like the color forces in the hunters, but he's massive. I could see him in the big egg just big because Actually, mostly yeah. because of his confirmation. He's not really built like a hunter. He's built very, very, very uphill, which I love yeah, as a I, jumper. I, I agree. For um, and I think it's great for the equitation. What I don't think I could. Really that would be interesting. I wonder how he does eventing. Right? Yeah. He's schooled cross country. I think you can ask mid, mid high for this horse. Because he's so pretty to look at. This mm-hmm. is kind of the situation where if it's a pretty horse and it has a good personality, has a skill set, there are people looking for 18-hand horses. Your yeah. target market's a little bit low, smaller because of that. Mm-hmm. I think you could ask like maybe 60 to 70, I think. Yeah, I would probably say that. if she, Especially if he has a couple rated shows under his belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Because you'd be buying, you'd be buying potential, yeah. At this point, for six and someone who understands that he would probably need to be developed a little bit slower than normal. yeah. But I would recommend for this person, Maybe sixty, yeah, sixty, yeah. I'd say that. But I would recommend for this person, like doing some equitation classes, yeah, and seeing that's... how he does. Um, yeah, I think I said hunter, but I did. I meant equitation. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, yes, of course. Yeah, I mean... Pretty horse, big horse. You could, you could try him in the Hunters. Again, we don't know how he moves. Um, I feel like... So she said, due to his size, he would probably be a good prospect for the 3'3 to 3'6. So, like, the jumpers isn't really something that I would recommend marketing him towards just because of that potential height limitation. I mean, there yeah. are big horses that, like, do the jumpers. Do the yeah. jumpers. Like, Margie Angle's horses are all gigantic. <laughs> um, but if you're recommending like capping him out at three six, yeah, I would I would for sure market him, like you said, as an like a big X horse. A big X horse. And I mean they go big for quite prospect. A, yeah, they I think they go for a good amount of money as well. Yeah. So I think selling him at sixty 
and then marketing him as that yeah. would give people enough, like it would be an attractive price for someone to pick him up and then put the miles on him for the yeah. neck. Yeah, definitely. I think you just need to get a little start. Yeah, yeah. He needs some, some type of ex experience. Yeah. So you can say, we did him in the ec and he was great and we placed like here and yeah, yeah. definitely. Also, I think taking him to shows is a really good idea because he's so flashy. Mm -hmm. You and especially if he's for sale, you yeah. probably get a lot of interest. interest. Yeah, at least like, oh my god, I love your horse. Hey, he's yeah. for sale. Yeah, yeah. You can get an embroidered saddle pad that says for sale. I've seen people do that. Yeah. That's <laughs> um. Cool. Okay. This is this is interesting. I don't think we've done one of these before. Ooh. Okay. okay. ISO, but different. This or that situation. Ooh. These are fun. Ooh. Yeah, this ooh, is fun. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. I'm excited about this. Okay. <laughs> Hi. I would love to get your opinion on my ISO because it's a little different to the ones I've seen you answer. Okay. As a mature rider, I'm looking for my next heart horse, but I have two options and I'm not sure which way I should go. Yes. This okay. So I'm so excited fun. about this. Oh my gosh. I love this. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> Both options to be 16 hand gelding preferred, but sensible mare is fine. Not picky on breed, but would love something along the lines of a warm blood, Oldenburg, Irish sport horse. The typical dressage eventing look, but I'm not wanting to climb levels or do anything super serious. Which of these directions would you go? Option one, age between four to eight, green. Maybe been started and ready for training. Not, not, can't talk. Just nothing really dangerous. Both my trainer and I would put work in to eventually bring it up to local dressage and three phase schooling or three phase shows. Budget. I would hope to be between blank and blank. I live in America, but from the UK. So you can imagine I have a little sticker shock with the USA prices. Okay. So what do you think for this horse? She would be hoping the budget would be. Actually, you tell me what you think the, you would put the budget as for this type of horse. And then, I'll, and then you can guess what her budget is. So I, if I was looking for a horse that was between four and eight, and that's green, I would expect the budget to be like 35, maybe. Thousand? Yeah. No. Is it less? It is less. How much less? <laughs> Significantly less. Is it like 15? Less. 10? Yeah. Five to 10. Okay. Okay. So that's number one. Option two. Okay. No older than 16. Been there and looking for a step down for a relatively quiet life with a few local shows and lots of love. Not looking for bells and whistles, but must know its job and not need hours of training other than building a partnership. I would be looking to pay upfront for the experience instead of paying for training. What do you think this horse budget would be? <laughs> I'm going to say 15 again. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Uh, 15 to 20. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then she goes, am I crazy? Thanks for reading. So... I think she's better off going with option two. I know. I th is this a trick question? Like, because way think, better off. Yeah, like, I think reading the two, option two was by far, like, yeah, the option. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because option one, <coughs> you're getting something young. You're getting something green. Like she said, she would have to pay for the training. Um, when you get something, I mean, I guess if you get something like, Six, seven, eight, you kind of know what you have already, but you're not gonna find that in five to ten thousand. No. A five to ten thousand dollar budget. Um I love that she has B 
these two options that she's considering yes. so that she's not like in like forcing herself like backing herself into a corner yeah but i definitely 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 <laughs> definitely would, would go for option two i completely she agree. can definitely find something like this in her budget yes and then what did she say at the beginning she's She's a mature rider. A mature rider. So not looking so typical dressage eventing look, but I'm not wanting to climb the levels or do anything really serious. Okay, so <clears throat> that like getting something 16, 17, 18, that's stepping down, been there, done that, knows its job that you could just get on and not have to worry about. Like 100%. it's such a relief as a rider to have that. Yes. You take that, take that for granted sometimes about how it's fun to go to the barn and not have to worry if you're gonna die that day. Yeah, well, I, I, I talk about Z a lot because like that was my experience, and like don't, but, and like don't get me wrong, he was a great horse, and like we were very successful together, but sometimes he was just a loose cannon, and so <coughs> every time I ride, and it's like. When I'm just like walking my horse around the indoor on a loose rein or like walking around the property and not having to worry about like, is my horse going to spook it like this or that or that? And like, yeah. obviously I still pay attention, but like, or like sitting at the inn gate at a horse show, I don't have to worry about my horse. I just have to worry about me. Exactly. And as an adult, Amy, I think that's so important and it yeah, makes 100%. riding more fun. Exactly. I think it's just, I think this is hysterical that they're so different the yeah. two options. Like it was like night and day, black and white type of situation. Yeah. And we say this all the time that put the money towards a quality horse. Yes. I think at a five to $10,000 budget, you are not going to be getting a horse that it might end up to be your hard horse. Don't get me wrong. Don't criticize me people <laughs> for this, but with what you want, I think it's worth putting in the extra money I agree. to get a quality horse that you don't have to train. You don't have to worry about. Training is like mentally exhausting. Yep. It's physically exhausting sometimes. It's and frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating. Like it takes a lot of mental fortitude. Not saying that this person doesn't have it. Right. But I mean, she said she's a mature rider. I'm going to say like adult Amy-ish, yeah. you know? And at that point, you probably have other priorities in your yeah, life. Exactly. Things going on. Like, do you really want to take on that additional responsibility yeah. of having a young horse and having to train it up? Like, no. I mean, for me, I just yeah. want to go enjoy the horse that I just right. bought. Yeah, exactly. You're probably going to find one in the 15 to 20, I think is a very reasonable budget for what I she agree. wants, especially like a step down for 16. Yeah. I mean, you might not be getting a warm blood. You could, but I don't know if you would, but even a solid TB that has done eventing in yeah. the past and is looking for a step down, like maybe a good body TB, I yep. think is very possible. This is the route that I would go as option two. I agree. For sure. Yes. Pay up front for the experience instead of paying for training. I agree. Right? Yep. Yeah. Option two. Yes. Option two. Option two. When was this sent? December 6th. Oh, okay. So maybe she hasn't bought yeah, a horse maybe. yet. Hopefully she'll see Option this. two. <laughs> do not do option one. No. No, don't do option one. If anybody else is in this situation, pick option two. <laughs> if you're deciding between a relatively inexpensive young horse that yeah. is green that you need to train up. Yeah. And it, it's important too. I'm going to say this and we'll be done. <laughs> when you're looking at horses, you have to take into account your level. Yep. 
the purpose for the horse. Yep. Your goals. Yep. And your lifestyle. Yes. One, two, three, four. Yep. Okay. And if when you're going through that in your head and you're looking at that horse, if it does not match that and align with that, it is not the horse for you. Especially if you want something at your heart horse that is going to yeah. be with you forever. Forever. For the rest of the Make life. sure that you're putting the money to get something that you are genuinely going to enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Done. All right. Okay. So we're done with the ISOs for tonight. Okay. But we did get another submission um, for like a discussion topic slash advice column. We love giving um, advice. Yes, we do. <laughs> clearly we do. Um, okay. okay. So this person says, mm-hmm. hi, love your series. This isn't an ISO, but I'm hoping you could give me some advice. I'm an adult Amy who is in the market for my first horse. I'm really excited, but also a bit nervous because I'm new to the process. So I would love your thoughts on a few questions I had. Thank you. Um, so do you want me to read all of the questions or? How many questions are there? There's four questions. Four? Let's take it one by one. Okay. So the first one is, what is the typical horse buying process? Oh boy. Okay. The typical horse buying process. You want to start off with this one? Yeah, I can start. Okay. I can start. Um, <laughs> So typically when we're looking for horses, let's should we go back all the way to like the beginning beginning? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're going back to the beginning back beginning. In time. All right. Um so I mean the first thing you're going to want to do when you decide that you want to buy a horse is determine what kind of horse you want. Like I would say basically first. I'd say finances first. Figure out oh, if you can afford yeah. the horse. Yes. Yes. Figure out if you can afford before, the horse. Before you even decide if, if you want to buy, buy a horse. I think you figure out your finances first for the purchase price that you should expect mm-hmm. and the up, like the upkeep, like the reoccurring costs. See yeah. if you can actually afford that comfortably within your lifestyle and comfortably yep. within like your income. And then you decide based on that whether you want to lease or buy. Yes. I think that's also a big thing, a big decision. Like, let's say that your finances are good and you decide to buy. Next step. Okay. <laughs> so you've decided that you can afford a horse. Yes. So what I would do if this were me, or I guess when this was me. Um, so I'm assuming that this person has a trainer. Mm-hmm. So you would want to tell your trainer that you want to buy a horse. Um, They'll be like, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you, I feel like deciding on the kind of horse, like what you are looking for in a horse should be very collaborative between you and your trainer because your trainer should have a good idea, I would hope, of your riding ability, Mm -hmm. what you reasonably could handle, um, what your goals, what your goals are, like what you want to do with the horse. So it should be very collaborative between you and your horse. Between you and your trainer. Um, so, like, for me, I was like, I want something overqualified to do the division that I want to do. Um, that might not be something that your trainer would necessarily know, but it's important to, like, tell your trainer what you want. And then, based on your budget, they can be like, well, this is reasonable and this is not. Like, I can get this for you within your budget, but I can't get this for you. Or if your budget is very big they can be like yeah that's fine (laughs) we can do that and then i think you should also based on what you want 
and we just talked about this, like your your goals, your mm-hmm. lifestyle, the <clears throat> the budget. Yep. Decide if you're gonna also look in the country. Yes. Or you're gonna import. decide on an import. So I think that's also some a discussion that you have to have. And then say you've discussed, I'm gonna purchase a horse here. Yep. Yeah. Um. So there's a few ways to go about <coughs> actually looking for a horse. One, as we know, is social media, yeah, Facebook. Um, I feel like the higher quality horses aren't always marketed on social media. Yeah. Um, and I think it's okay to look. Yeah. I think you should be sending any horse that you find to your trainer. You shouldn't. You should. Oh, you, you should. should. Okay. You should. Like, I say, I find a horse on some kind of Facebook page yeah. that I think that I would like, mm-hmm. even though your trainer might hate you for it and get really annoyed, yeah. I would send that to my trainer. Yeah. You know, like, don't inquire. If you have a yes. trainer that's looking, don't inquire. Yeah. Especially if you're under 18, do not inquire. Send yeah. it to your trainer. Let them inquire. And then they can yes. also tell you, like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. this is not the horse for you. Yeah. Um, but I would also leave it up to your trainer to decide. Yeah, definitely. Um, I completely agree with that. You... If you're working with a trainer, let them be but, the ones yeah. to do the hard work because yeah. you're, you're, be you're paying, paying them, them a commission, commission to do that. it. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to look on Facebook, you can look on sites like Big Egg or Exchange Hunter Jumper, which I think now is Hunter Jumper Exchange. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There are more, tons of sites like that. Sales, yeah. That's a good one. ProQuest, um, I've seen. Yeah, ProQuest. And then the other way is just through trainer connections, um, which is how a lot of trainers shop. They go to horse shows, they network, yeah. people call them and they're like, hey, I have this horse for sale. Do you have anybody who might be interested? Yeah. That's literally what happened with Squid. Carolyn's brother called him, her <laughs> and was like, hey, I have this horse for sale. You Do you have, have anybody who might want to buy it? Um, so that's on finding the horse. Yeah. Once you find a few horses because there will probably be multiple horses that you'll be interested in that you'll want to try you'll schedule trials yeah bring your trainer with you oh, to always for the trials and i would also and bring whoever especially if you're a junior paying. whoever is going to be financially and be a financially involved party yes also bring them yeah for it yeah definitely um i brought my parents to florida to try horses yeah. Oh, um, and the, the the region, like figure out if you want to go in state, out of oh, state, yeah. like what the travel, because you do have to pay for your trainer's travel. Yes, off. yeah, that's um, true. Um, and also, if you have, even if you are paying for the horse, bring another third party that's yes. not your trainer for safety and also that's to it. video. Well, video and for another and for another opinion. opinion. Sometimes I think we you can get so like rose-colored glasses with horses yeah that you can overlook certain aspects of it yeah and having that even not even with your trainer but having someone like a friend or someone mm-hmm. that can give you like rationale and yeah judgment kind of like the devil the devil on your shoulder is that the saying playing devil's like, advocate yeah <laughs> thank you the devil on your shoulder so being like do it <laughs> buy it buy the horse buy the horse you know you want it Yes, so I'm going to play devil's advocate to kind of give you some different perspectives. Yeah. Um, Set up a lot of horse trials. Don't just travel to Florida and have one horse that you want. Like, yeah. Even if you know I really love this horse, yep. try other ones. 
Yep. Again, you, that's yeah. what we did. We went down to Florida for squid, but I tried like three or four other horses. Yeah, just so you have that kind of comparison. Yeah. When you try a horse, a lot of the times you'll get there and they will always get it ready for you or yeah. have it ready for you. Um if the horse looks like it's been worked prior, worked, that's something to watch out for. <laughs> you are more than welcome to ask them to get on the horse before you do. Yeah. That's very common um, for the person showing the horse to ride the horse for, for you. you. Yeah. And then you can get on and do whatever, um, you know, get a feel for the horse do little flat work exercises to see how responsive they are. Yeah. Um, Not extensive. Like, we're talking walk, trot, canter. Switch directions, walk, trot, canter. Yeah. And then the jumps. Like, yeah. you should not be on that horse for an hour. No. We've talked about this no, before. No, definitely not. Um, but also, if you're riding the horse and you're not feeling it, it's okay to get off. Get off. Yeah, like, five minutes, ten minutes, be like, Thank you, but no thank you. The seller would rather you do that than jump the crap out of the horse and then get off and be like, no thanks. <laughs> so if you know immediately or within the first few minutes, like it's not rude, it's not embarrassing. Like if someone was trying my horse and it, he wasn't for them, I would prefer that, yeah, that they, they were just, just like, thank no you. thanks. I've done that before. I've gotten on a horse that I got on. I was like, it's just a little bit small for me. I think I walked it. And before I even started trotting, I was like, you know what? This, like, I'm not going to get this horse. And I got off. Yeah. And I was like, it's not for me. I'm sorry. I, I also did that. I got <laughs> a horse that was, I mean, I just didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, you yeah. have that gut feeling when you get on. You're like, I like it. I don't like it. And yeah. don't be afraid to get off, get off of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think it's not a bad thing. Like, I prefer them actually not even having the horse packed up when I get there. Yeah. Because I like seeing... Personality is huge for me. So I yeah. like seeing behind the scenes yep. of grooming the horse, how yeah. he acts, packing up, how he acts. Like, I yep. think you can get a good behind the scenes even before you get there. Yeah. And you don't even have to do it. You don't have to be the one doing it. You can watch them do it. But yeah. I think it's still good to witness that. Um, one thing you should not do, or I guess should do, depending on how you look at it, is definitely be on time. Oh, my god. Because gosh, these people are... They taking schedule their time, whole day. They schedule their that. whole day around it. They're taking the time out of their day to like get the horse ready, watch you trial it, like be on time for your trial. Yeah. I feel like this can be a um, whole pros and cons thing. We might have to do this in another discussion. <laughs> um okay, so yeah, you, but, okay. you like the horse in the trial. You've you're, decided you're gonna buy the horse. You decide you tried other ones, but you're like, nope, that is the horse for me. Yeah. So again, tell your trainer. Don't text the seller <clears throat> especially if your trainer is acting as your agent mm -hmm. do everything through your trainer so mm -hmm. your trainer will reach out to these people be like hey we want to buy the horse we want to schedule a prelims exam um also make sure that your trainer is someone that you trust like that's yes. like number one yeah <laughs> we forgot to say that but if you i mean if you don't trust your trainer you probably should not be with that trainer yeah but you want something that you can really genuinely trust in this process yeah um, but so your trainer will schedule the PPE. Um, you, did you go to Finn's PPE? I did. We, we actually did same, we did it same day. 
Uh, like, oh yeah, that's right. That's same right. day, we took the trailer up and like everything happened in the same day within a couple hours. Yeah. But you also have the option as the, depending on what the seller discloses to you, that I think determines what PPE you want to do mm-hmm. and also how you like what your goal is for the horse, what your purpose is for the horse. That will yeah. also determine like, do you want a full set of x-rays everywhere? Yeah. Past experience. Like if you That's have a bad we PPE. We didn't have a bad PPE. We just wanted yeah. to make sure. But I mean, I didn't do x-rays everywhere. Um, I just did the basics. Yeah. And you know, it depends on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine either way. Your trainer will also be able to help you decide how extensive you need the PPE. Yeah. Um, and how, how much you, how much it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think like budgeting for that ahead of time, I think is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, definitely discuss with your trainer, like what should be included in the PPE. And this to me, isn't a situation of your trainer being like, I think you should do this. And you being like, no, I want to do less. It yeah. should be a situation of your trainer being like, you should do this. And then you maybe being Say, like, I, I also to want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And make sure that the financially involved party is also in that because they will be paying for the ppe and i i think it's important for them to be involved honestly like yeah no absolutely and you need to be involved in the process yeah period um so then if you so when when you get the ppe results back review them with a vet yeah and your trainer maybe two maybe two vets it's okay to get a second opinion yeah or third even um and determine whether or not the findings are, you know, reasonable or mm-hmm. what you're going to be doing with the horse. Yes. Um, and then... PPEs are not a pass and fail grade. Right. People, everyone says, like, will yeah. pass a PPE, might not pass a PPE, like, didn't pass the PPE, but it's no not, horse is going to have, like, a perfect, immaculate... There's like, no horse out there that space. will have a perfect PPE. There's yeah. always something that's going to happen. It's a, PPEs are for what kind of maintenance can I expect? Yep. What is the cost of the maintenance? And is this horse going to be able to do the job that I expect it to do? Exactly. That's what the PPE is about. Yep. Not this horse has this wrong and this wrong. No. Yeah. It's to give you information. Yes. And it <laughs> helps you prepare. It yep. helps you prepare um, for, you know, anything that might, things that might come up down yep. the line. Um, so if once you get the PPE results, you're okay with, everything you've decided to buy the horse um your trainer will let the seller know and then typically you know instead of a wire transfer mm-hmm. transfer the money sign the contract sign the contract sign the contract make sure there is a contract yes. make sure that you read the contract yep if you need a someone like a lawyer to look over the contract it's fine yeah also um and this is like one of the don'ts but don't let someone pressure you into no, 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 it's going to go. The horse is going to leave. Like, we have someone else for it. Oh, like, yeah. If you, if you feel that you are getting pressured, it is probably not a good situation. Like, make sure that you do your due diligence with the PPE, with the contract, with everything. Like, make yeah. sure you cross your T's and dot your I's because yeah. you do not want to get in a bad situation. Yeah. Um. So, you've signed the contract. You've wired the money. And uh, your trainer will set up transport. Yep. If necessary. If necessary, you'll have to set up transport. Also, some sellers require you to, um, before you take the horse off property, do uh, insurance. have insurance. Yeah. Have insurance on the horse. Yeah. So that when you leave, and it's as simple as a call. Like, yeah. you call the equine insurance agent yep. and say, you know, that you give them the information and then the policy set. Yep. 
kind of like a car insurance. <laughs> yeah. So make sure that you have that as well before you trailer off property. Yes, definitely. And a lot of commercial shippers have just like a basic insurance that they, <coughs> like if something happens to your horse in yep, shipping, like they'll, they have like a basic insurance policy, but definitely have your own, like don't yeah. bank on that. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah, then the horse yours. Home and Yay! It's so great. So um, yeah, that is kind of the overview. A very of the extensive horse, overview. The horse overview. Yeah, the horse buying process. Step. Yeah. Um, so the next question is, what are some things you wish you knew beforehand? Beforehand. What are some things I wish I knew beforehand? Wish I knew how much it costs, for one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I bought my horse when I was 25, and... To be completely honest, I really didn't think that much into the future with how much it was going to cost. Like, I didn't really take that into account. I was like, okay, well, here's the boarding, here's the insurance, here's what I need to pay. That's, like, I can handle that. But what I did not account for was him getting injured. And even though I had insurance, the vet bills, the farrier bills were insane. Yeah. And that, for me, was quite a financial shock. Yeah. And it drained my emergency fund. That so. was <laughs> now I'm rebuilding that. <laughs> that for you was an extenuating circumstance. Yeah. Um, which I mean people should be prepared for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's not I think you need to be prepared for unexpected. be prepared for the unexpected. Yeah. Because it, it does happen. Definitely. Horses are horses, horses get injured all the time and yeah. I think you need an emergency fund. Yep just in case that happens. Yeah. Um, so that is something I, I wish I knew the, the actual costs and to be expected for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, are some um, things you knew? what do I wish I knew beforehand? Hmm. I don't know. Cause I feel like before I owned, I leased yeah. for at least three years. Um, and, you know, a lease is just like, not financially, just like owning a horse, but like yeah. with the care and all that stuff, you kind of know what you're getting into. Um, hmm. oh no, <laughs> I, it's a hard question. I wish I also spent more time. I think learning, like I, I would really deep into the horsemanship and the training aspects of it yeah. after I bought him. Yeah, but I kind of wish I did that before, like when I decided I wanted a horse. And then I decided what kind of horse I wanted mm-hmm. getting into like what kind of bits and yeah. the tack needed and all of this other stuff. And sometimes you, it's like a guess and check. Like sometimes you don't know yeah. until you experience yeah, it. But I think for the majority of time, it's just making sure that you're, you're well-versed and you're knowledgeable. Yeah. I, I wish I did more research prior to the process. So I knew what to expect. Yeah. I wasn't smart enough to just like go on YouTube or this <laughs> research buying your first horse. Like, yeah. I was like nope, I'm gonna buy Some it. Of that and stuff figure is, it out. is you know, <coughs> you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Is the thing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know because, like I said, I I did lease for a few years, which like is the responsibilities and stuff are yeah very close to buying. Um, yeah. I wish I knew how mm-hmm. mentally, like emotionally attached you'd become yeah honestly I mean my whole phone is like what my dog and my horse yeah pretty much like sorry search but yeah my I mean 
I know. I wish I had a better answer for this. Yeah. But I don't know. I felt like I was well prepared just because I did have that experience of leasing. Yeah. Well, the audience can let us know. Yeah. Viewers can let us know yeah. what you wish that you knew before you bought your horse. Um, what costs should I expect? So the horse price. <laughs> yeah. So I there are there are costs <coughs> that you know are gonna come up, yeah. and then there are sometimes costs that, that you don't expect you don't expect or that you might just not think about or know about yeah um so the price of the horse the price of the horse um uh, trainer's commissions yes trainer's commissions can be i've seen like 10 to 25 percent yeah is usually standard yep um so i feel like average sure. is probably like 15 yeah 15 is like probably average but anywhere from like 10 to 25 percent i think would be reasonable mm -hmm. depending on yep. the price of the horse and all yeah. that so commission is a cost PPE is a cost mm -hmm. that could be anywhere from like four hundred to twenty five hundred. Yeah, trailering that could be a cost depending yeah. on where you're getting the horse from. I think it will be a cost no matter what because even if your trainer is trailering the horse, they'll typically charge you yeah. for trailering. So trainer accommodations and trainer yep. like if your trainer goes with you and you have to fly or you're driving somewhere did did you have to pay I paid when chris yeah. oh did you sleep over in ocala yeah. oh okay because yeah. i was gonna say yeah like ocala we went from miami right but I then you slept over yeah i paid for the hotel rooms yeah but i didn't and like I mean, I'm obviously, like, really close with Chris, so, like, yeah. we, like, split, like, the food and stuff right. like that, but I didn't pay for, like, the trailering, per se. Like, we brought yeah. the trailer up from Miami, mm -hmm. but I didn't have to pay for the the trailering or anything okay. like that. Yeah, so sometimes you will, just, like, you know, when my trainer takes our horses to a horse show, we pay for that yeah. trailering fee. Yeah, so, and I, th I think that's thing. something to discuss beforehand as well like yes. what cost can be expected from your trainer yeah because they should be very upfront and transparent with you what you don't want to happen yeah. is that you budget for one thing and then it's like oh well actually you owe me five hundred dollars for this yeah like yeah definitely um set expectations with or make sure that you and your trainer are on the same page in terms of what you you are paying for yes um so then the trailer right? costs i mean and then it's your tack costs Mm -hmm. tack, tack and equipment was actually really expensive for me yeah like i actually did you've this. gone through a lot of I've, stuff a lot of stuff i mean it's called being overly prepared it's not hoarding <laughs> but i definitely spent a quite a good a bit amount of money on mm -hmm. tack and supplies stuff like that but you don't even like yeah. you can't even budget for that like i would say budget for your saddle if you want a nice saddle i would say budget budget for the saddle because that's a couple you, thousand if you want a nice new saddle budget 10k for tack yeah 10k for all, all for everything yeah like boots yeah. uh girth saddle pad bridle bridle half pad bit bit saddle yeah saddle like yeah, if you that. want a high-end saddle budget 10k for tack if you don't Two to five k. Let's say five k because I would yeah. I would not skimp on a saddle. I, I think agree. that's a really important piece of tack. I, I think agree. you can be a little bit flexible in everything else, but I think the saddle Super and the saddle great. fit is very important for both the horse and for the rider. Yeah, definitely. So I would not skimp on that. Yeah, same. Um, and then you have your recurring costs. Yeah, board, board barrier, barrier, insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, regular vet 
visits, maintenance if the horse needs maintenance, yep. supplements if the horse needs supplements. Yep. Uh, horse shows. You yeah. Budget for horse shows. Yeah. Is that mostly it? Any kind of uh, chiropractor. Yeah. Massage. massage. Body work. Anything, acupuncture. Anything, acupuncture. Anything. P- yeah. P EMF. Like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, make sure that you're accounting for that in yeah. your costs as well. Yeah. Definitely. But I think I think honestly the most unexpected cost, obviously, besides like medical issues mm-hmm. and injuries, is the tack. Yeah. I don't think people understand how expensive tack is. Like I honestly calculated all of my tack for one of the videos, and I'm afraid to do this video because Sergio doesn't know what I paid. And when I go and discuss it's it with not him, his money. He's gonna be like oh my god it's a sunk cost you can't get the money back <laughs> it's done it's... but like it was shocking to me too to like yeah. do all of that like individually and go through what i paid because like i like i like quality stuff yes yeah, i would rather pay for quality than have to replace things like consistently so i would same. rather spend yeah, the money I like up nice front to get, yeah i would rather spend the money up front to get good quality yeah that i know works well and that i like yeah especially for tax, but it is expensive. So yep. I think the 10 K is like a perfect additional cost that yeah. I would budget for. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last question is what are some red flags to look for when you're trying horses? <laughs> Ooh, this is a fun one. So we already talked about one, yeah. which is when you show up for the trial, if the horse Late. looks like it had already been worked. Um, if the horse looks like it had already been worked, that's a red flag. Those people are trying to, you know, um, work something out of it or it something is going on with the horse that they yeah. don't want you to see yeah um if they say you don't need a ppe oh that yes that's a red one. flag if they say oh we had a ppe done like last month we have the results that we can show you no no absolutely do your own ppe yeah. because they either didn't do the ppe or maybe they did and or maybe it's another horse's ppe yeah i've seen that too yeah um especially like, I always recommend doing blood work on PPEs because you never know if someone's Drug drugging a horse. horse. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a red flag. Um, if the horse, this is going to be an obvious one, but if the horse doesn't look the same in person as it does in the pictures, <laughs> yeah. um, either, and by this I mean like in terms of its condition because mm-hmm. it's very easy to like post old pictures or something of a horse, yeah. a horse, and then you get there and like maybe it's what? skinny or under muscled or whatever. Yeah. Um, this goes actually into that. This is when I think that actually juniors will be very appreciative of, hopefully, mm-hmm. that people I've found that sellers nowadays, like quality sellers, want to call you on the phone because mm-hmm. they want to discuss it with you yeah. over the phone, where I think you can have a good conversation. Yeah. If you are unwilling to get on the phone and call someone, there's an issue and that's a red flag. And yeah. I think a lot of sellers, if the person does not want to get on the phone and they just text, yeah, red flag. Like practice if you need to speaking to someone on the phone. Like yeah. just don't go through text messages. Yeah, definitely. Also, I think you can get a little bit more information too mm-hmm. when you're speaking to someone on the phone because they have less time to think about their response. Yeah. So you can tell if someone's trying to lie on the phone yeah, that's with true. your questions. So I always would recommend to call someone, mm-hmm. call the buyer, call the seller, make sure that you have a conversation with them. And you can also tell the ages, I think. Yeah. If they're younger, if they're older, like if a 
woman posted it, but you're talking to a guy. What's yeah. going on? Like, I think there's a lot that you can get from a phone call over a text message. Yeah, so definitely. That is something that I would look for. Yes. I also think if they don't, I don't want to say if they don't have quality pictures, because that might not necessarily be a red flag, but like. I think as a seller, you should have quality pictures. Yeah. I think it's worth the money to make quality pictures, make quality videos. Yeah, like we saw an ad that we read last time where the pictures first of all we didn't even know if they were the same horse oh the horse looked like it was in europe but the post was the seller for with the seller was in the u.s yeah so it was a very red flag like if yeah. things don't match up yeah then there's a problem yeah definitely um oh also if someone asks you for a deposit, yes, don't that's do it. A scam. Oh my god, that is a huge one. That's a I'm huge so scam. happy that you just brought that up because that is very common, especially yeah. in the lower budget. Yes. So and trailering too, not even just for horses, but for trailering, yeah. they will say, I need a deposit for this. You never no. never need a deposit. No. For a horse. Don't do not take it. Do not take it. Do not need it. You don't need a deposit for someone to hold a hold horse. a horse for you. Never. If they're that kind of person that once you say you want the horse and they're like, oh well you have to give me a deposit or I'll sell it to someone else. Like no. you don't you don't want to be doing business with a person like that anyway. No. But it's always a scam. Yeah. Don't ever don't do give that. anyone a deposit. Do not give anyone money. <laughs> ever. Don't ever give <laughs> don't anyone ever money. give people money. <laughs> As a deposit. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that one's huge. That's a really big one. I think do your it research. Really is, I think yeah. do your research before you go to try the horse. Yeah. Especially if you're looking at like the, like up, like if the horse has a USEF record, look at the USEF record. Yes, look at and the USEF record. And don't look at the USEF record from just what shows up. Look at the horse's age. Put that in. I don't care if it's one years old, two years old. Put it in from like 2010 yeah. to current. Yeah, don't just update, look at the last update year. Update report. Look at everything. And if you have your subscription, it might be worth it to pay for a subscription or to have a subscription and look at the show videos yes. of the horse. I know Clip My Horse does Clip this. Clip My Horse does it. I think um, the PBIEC website, you can also do it. Yeah look at the videos and I'm not saying that videos like videos can be misleading I get that yeah. but if you look at enough you should be able to see some you should be able to get an idea and get an idea yeah and it's not enough to say yes or no to a horse I don't think for videos because it could be the rider yeah it could be, like a horse is having an off day but I think it's worth mentioning like it's worth looking up for yeah. sure but it's also worth hey I saw this video can you explain what happened yes yeah and have the seller explain like maybe the horse was they found out the horse was injured or something yeah. after the show or yeah. maybe the rider had no idea what she was doing and shouldn't have been on the horse like yeah. stuff like that um I think you can talk it out with yeah. the seller I agree but I think it's worth doing your research on the show record and yep. the videos and not take it with a grain of salt but yeah no you know yeah definitely I would agree with that um yeah google and the horse if, <laughs> see if it's on YouTube if the seller is also not willing to disclose certain information about the horse, yeah, that's also a red flag. Because, yeah. like, sometimes, I mean, <clears throat> I feel like it's relatively common sometimes to ask for, like, previous vet records. And if they're not willing to disclose that, mm -hmm. that's a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of goes along the lines of, like, if they tell you you don't need a PPE because yeah. then they're hiding something. Yeah. Um, 
make sure they have a contract in place. We've said that before, but I think that's yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you look over the contract or have someone who's knowledgeable look over the contract because there have been situations that I've heard of where either it's been a commission issue mm-hmm. where the trainer has um, – we, this is actually going to be, we should do a good discussion on the commissions because it's actually a big topic where the trainer has um, taken more money than disclosed to the buyer or the seller. Mm-hmm. That needs to be in the contract, like the, the, the commission. Yep. So you can have that if you ever need to go to court and say that. Yeah. Um, in addition, the contract, if anything were to happen to the horse, like if the seller didn't disclose something that they knew that could all and then suddenly the horse is unsound or something happened. You could also take that like the contract. I think a lot of people overlook that, mm-hmm. but it's very important to have, and it's very important that it covers both parties. Yeah, definitely appropriately. Um, cool. Any other red flags? Red flags. I feel like the red flags just come up when if you have a gut feeling. Yes, trust your gut. Trust your gut. There's probably something yeah going on yeah that is iffy (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) biggest red flag is if something feels off yeah i feel like yeah yeah trust your gut if something feels off it probably is yeah yeah cool cool well that's our advice (laughs) for this week advice column with nora and maria (laughs) (laughs) tea time yeah (laughs) um so keep sending in your submissions. We loved this one. So if you yeah. have... If you have stories that you need advice on, we love giving unsolicited advice. Yes, even though this is solicited advice. <laughs> well, I mean, do a PP. Yeah, yeah, that's solicited. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs> we need a closing. Adult Amy's out. <laughs>